1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Hello all of you beautiful people, Jules here for WhatCulture.com. And whether being completely underused or simply underutilized, these characters were utterly great, but never really got the true chance to shine. So let's take a look at them as I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 recent movie characters who totally deserved better. Number 10. Taskmaster Black Widow By far one of the most appealing aspects of Black Widow's marketing was the presence of the iconic comic book baddie, Taskmaster. Due to the film's numerous delays, fans were left speculating for literally years on the villain's identity, with most believing Taskmaster would eventually be revealed to be Melina Vostokov, Rick Mason, or more outlandishly, a clone of Natasha herself. Sadly, the outcome was decidedly less interesting than any of those. Taskmaster is revealed late into the movie to be Antonia, the tortured, traumatized daughter of the film's primary villain. Now, the reveal wasn't inherently bad, but very little was actually done with it. Taskmaster was relegated to being a B-tier supporting villain when she absolutely should have been the primary antagonist on her own. All in all, she was basically a mind-controlled zombie who, predictably, gets redeemed at the end and may never be seen again. The action sequences also didn't do nearly enough with the ability to mimic her combatants' fighting styles, ensuring a fan-favorite character was translated to the big screen with a mere shoulder shrug. Number 9. Cypher F9. Fast and Furious fans were ecstatic when Charlize Theron, one of the most badass and straight-up talented actresses working today, was cast as Cypher, the principal villain of The Fate of the Furious. Though Theron didn't ultimately get that much to do as her character, she at least survived to fight another day, and when she was announced to return in F9, fans hoped that she'd get a meteor part which allowed her to put the pedal to the metal. Quite insultingly, however, she only appeared in F9 in an extended cameo, spending 90% of her screen time locked in a glass box, and the rest confined to a cockpit simulator hermetically sealed away from the cartoonish action. Cypher again made it out in one piece, but even if the actress is announced to be returning for the series' upcoming two-part finale, it'd be silly to expect them to actually make full use of her skill set. Between this and F9's similarly flat use of John Cena as Dominic's troubled brother Jacob, the film really dropped the ball with its villains. 8. Liu Kang – Mortal Kombat Though the Mortal Kombat reboot wasn't a great movie, it at least captured enough of the IP's grisly essence to deliver a moderately entertaining video game adaptation, but its big, gaping flaw, however, was in centering the story around an original character, Cole Young, who effectively serves as a totally pointless audience surrogate, complete with a wife and daughter that not a single Mortal Kombat fan cared about. Louis Tan tried to bring life to Cole, but the fundamental issue is that Cole effectively took the place that should have naturally been afforded to Mortal Kombat's de facto protagonist, Liu Kang. Although Ludi Lin was well cast as Kang, the character takes far too much of a backseat throughout the film, relegated to a supporting role when he should have been kicking ass up front. Compare this Liu Kang to the one from Paul W.S. Anderson's Mortal Kombat movies, and it's just no contest. He was the inarguable protagonist of those films. That's not to say that we don't get some cool moments with Kang here and there, but not nearly enough to satisfy fans of the series, which is what this film should have been striving to do in every single fibre of its being. Number 7. Scott Ward – Army of the Dead As sad as we all were that Army of the Dead's wise-cracking safe-cracker Ludwig was seemingly killed off at the end, at least we got to spend more time with him in the upcoming prequel heist film Army of Thieves. But that same luxury won't be afforded to the film's hard-done-by protagonist Scott Ward, played by Dave Bautista, who became one of the undead horde by the film's end, and was heartbreakingly put out of his misery by his own daughter. But the big frustration with Zack Snyder's messy, wildly overlong zombie film is the frequently infuriating presence of his daughter Kate, whose actions throughout the film effectively end up causing the deaths of several other characters, including her own dad. Kate's insistence to tag along on the Vegas mission in the hopes of recovering her friend causes the chain of events which leads to Scott being bitten during their attempted escape, resulting in this highly unsatisfying ending. Snyder's decision to pull a protagonist switcheroo could have worked well, were Kate not such an irritating zombie movie cliché. The fact that she lacked even basic self-preservation instincts and caused the death of others meant that Scott's death left an especially sour taste. Given that Scott was built up as a badass, yet a bit of a tortured man attempting to rebuild his life, it was a terribly deflating ending that he went up going out like that. Number 6. Captain Boomerang – The Suicide Squad On the one hand, you have to respect James Gunn for delivering such a shocking opening to the Suicide Squad, in which many of the advertised heroes were swiftly wiped out in cartoonishly violent fashion. And if you assumed that the deaths would only involve bit-part characters, Gunn delivered a genuine gut punch by having Captain Boomerang being ripped to shreds by the rotor blades of a crashing helicopter. As shock value, it absolutely worked. But considering that Boomerang was one of the brighter spots of David Ayer's wonky original Suicide Squad, and it remains one of Jai Courtney's few genuinely good roles it's a damn shame that he had mere minutes of screen time here at least rick flag made it close to the end of the film before being killed off allowing him to complete a distinct character arc but here boomerang was more or less just a lamb for the slaughter
1: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
0: Number five: Man on the Island: A Quiet Place, Part Two. As much as you might think that any character credited merely as Man on the Island can't be that interesting or important, considering that the great Oscar nominated actor Jaimon Honsu was cast in the part, it's reasonable to expect a character of real grit and substance. And for a few scenes, it truly seems like his unnamed man is going to serve as a major fixture for the rest of the movie and perhaps even survive for the inevitable sequel. And the actor plays the leader of this small island colony of survivors who are cut off from the monsters incredibly well. That is, until Emmett inadvertently allows one of the monsters to drift to the island using a boat. The monster then rampages throughout the place, leading to the man on the island's death during the attempted escape. It's an incredibly surprising moment that a character played by a name actor of this quality bites the dust so fast, but easy shock value aside, it felt like the actor was capable of bringing so much more to this world before being killed off. Number 4. Death Dealer – Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings certainly did a laudable job of introducing audiences to a host of new characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though the ball was once again dropped when an appealing supporting villain was concerned. In this case, we're talking about Death Dealer, a distinctive master assassin working for the villainous Wenwu and a relatively minor but memorable antagonist from the comics. Death Dealer's frankly fantastic design in the film and his terrific early fight against Shang-Chi suggested that he would play a major role in the later stages, but his part ends up amounting to no more than being just an upmarket lackey. Death Dealer appears and then disappears in and out of the movie as the story requires, but the character has practically no depth or shade whatsoever, serving as more of a cool-looking temporary physical obstacle to our hero. Unsurprisingly, the character has received many comparisons to Star Wars Boba Fett, in that his screen time suggested he is an absolute Badass, but he has, well, a pretty extremely unsatisfying death. Death Dealer deserved so much better than being swiftly snuffed out like a renter goon by one of the Dweller in Darkness's grotesque minions. Number three, Daniel, aka Candyman. Candyman. When Tony Todd was announced to be part of the recent Candyman sequel, fans were extremely excited that the original screen iteration of the horror icon, whose given name is Daniel, would be integrated into the story. Most fans reasonably assumed that Todd would appear as the physical embodiment of Candyman, and while a 66-year-old Todd presumably wouldn't be carrying out much of the action himself, any shot showing his face or using his voice would surely be great, right? Well, Sadly, this turned out not to be the case at all. The bulk of the film focuses instead on other iterations of Candyman, namely Sherman, a man beaten to death by the police decades earlier, and protagonist Anthony, who is progressively transforming into another version of Candyman. In fact, Todd only appears in the final moments of the film. After Anthony's version of Candyman slaughters the police, he transforms into Daniel and implores Anthony's girlfriend Brianna to tell everyone. It's a powerful moment for sure, but given that it was heavily implied Todd would have a substantial part in the film rather than being just a superficial, nostalgia-baiting cameo, fans of the franchise, understandably Felt quite shortchanged by it all. Number two Martian Manhunter, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League was a mostly satisfying redemption story for Snyder's shelved epic rendition of the superhero tentpole, though not everything quite worked. One of its most bizarre and complained about moments involves the perfunctory throwaway cameo appearances by fan favourite superhero Martian Manhunter. He makes his first appearance following a genuinely affecting heart to heart between Martha Kent and Lois Lane, where it's revealed that the superhero has been masquerading as Martha for the entirety of the conversation, which immediately undercut the emotion of that. That scene. Though the reveal that Martian Manhunter is also in fact General Swanwick, which was pretty neat, and his final interaction with Bruce Wayne was pretty cool too, overall the character felt like a total afterthought inclusion here. Considering that we're extremely unlikely to ever see more of the Martian Manhunter in the DC Extended Universe, it's a damn shame that all we got was two blatant fan service scenes of dubious necessity. So that's our list so far, and before we get to number one, I just need to say spoilers will follow for those of you who have not seen No Time to die. I'll give you a little break here. And number one Paloma, no time to die. No Time to Die may have been far from perfect, but it was certainly a fitting, affecting send-off for the Daniel Craig era of Bond, even if the show was arguably stolen by another character altogether. When 007 heads to Cuba, he meets up with CIA agent Paloma, a seemingly wet-around-the-ears new operative who quickly proves herself to be an extremely smart, resourceful, and kick-ass ally to Bond. She's charming and hilarious, gleefully subverting more than a half-century of passive eye-candy female roles in Bond, and delivers one of the most crowd pleasing and potential rich supporting characters of the Craig era, or any Bond era really. It's a shame then that she swiftly exits the film once she's assisted Bond, getting barely 10 minutes of screen time in a 163 minute film. It's all the more gutting as, with this being the end of the Craig era, it's highly possible that the next film will press a hard reset on the whole cast. Then again, it's not entirely out of the question that Paloma will effectively become the new Felix, perhaps even using the codename Felix as a tribute to her fallen ally. Showing up periodically in the next. Few Bond films to help 007 out have a tricky scrape or two. Given the hugely enthusiastic audience reaction to the character, it'd be a massive, massive shame if this was it for her.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,